Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. Hey there, Tech Stuff listeners. This is Jonathan Strickland, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something cool going on at How Stuff Works right now. I know all of you guys are really creative, and you love technology. Well, now you can show us what you're made of, because Toyota is sponsoring a new photo upload widget over at HowStuffWorks.com. You can share your gadget ideas, modifications, hacks, some great tech ideas. Show us what you're made of. Let us know how creative you are. You can go to www.howstuffworks.com. HowStuffWorks.com slash upgrade your tech and upload those photos now. We want to see what you got. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, mostly because I prefer to keep an eye on him, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. So, uh, <sighs> yeah, this week, as of the week we're recording this, meh. <laughs> uh, there was a, a highly hyped event. Blarg. That, um, was sort of met with um, shrug a big shrug by the the community of people who pay attention to these things. That was all in caps. Pay yeah. attention to these things. Um, 
And that would be the, the release of Apple's iPhone 5. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, Apple has done, regardless of whether you like the company and what it does or not, uh, I think it's safe to admit that Apple has done a, a good job of marketing its stuff <laughs> to the point where, to, I know, but there are going to be people who, uh, you know, Apple is terrible and Steve Jobs was awful, blah, blah, blah. Now, I, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is they've done a good, a good enough job at marketing new products to the point where people tune in in large numbers, including the tech media, to uh, press releases for uh, brand new products. Yeah, the tech world stops when Apple makes an announcement. I and mean, it's, it's – it, every, every tech uh, – News site that I follow, everyone had either a live blog or some sort of live commentary about what was going on over at Apple, including our buddies over at Revision 3. Yes. You know, they, oh, they yeah. Were, they totally did it up. They were covering it up, t- uh, all that as well, and giving reaction and, and giving analysis uh, to the point where you're, you're really you – know, these are events. These press events are, are events with a capital E because, uh, I mean – there are some people who kind of wear it as a badge of honor that they are uh, invited to go to these Apple events. Some yes. people have lost that privilege, uh, and it almost feels like it's a kind of punishment in a way, like you've been banished from the land of tech. Mm-hmm. Turn mm-hmm. away, never to return. Um, it's it's a big deal. But the reason why we're even talking about it now is because a lot of the reaction, not all of it, but a lot of the reaction, particularly from the media to the iPhone announcement, was sort of this. Well, okay, you know, not that it, not that the iPhone five is a bad product or is is in any way deficient, but just that it did not blow everyone's socks off, which is kind of an interesting thing to talk about because uh, before the Apple announcement, there were other press events from other companies about upcoming phones, like Nokia having uh, some Windows 8 phones coming out. Yes. And again, the reaction from a lot of the tech media was sort of like, all right, that's interesting. You know, no one was falling over themselves. And and that would not be a big deal at all, except for the fact that Apple, when it first launched the iPhone, really brought the house down. Same thing with the iPad, that, yeah. that when, when these new products came out, they dramatically energized the tech industry, both from the journalist point of view and from the consumer point of view. Because like it or not, even if you hate Apple products, you cannot deny that Apple is the company that created the markets for consumer smartphones and for tablets. Yeah. yeah. Because before the iPhone came out, Smartphones were pretty much just in the world of enterprise. You had uh, uh, professionals, mostly executives, carrying around smartphones. And you had a few uh, cutting-edge, like bleeding-edge early adopters who loved them, but everyone else just carried around you know, feature phones, what we call feature phones now, or just dumb phones, if you want. But then I, the iPhone comes out. I like out. calling them dumb phones. Yeah, I often would call mine a dumb phone. But then Apple comes out with the iPhone, shows off this amazing design, uh, beautiful touchscreen interface. They they just they nailed everything they needed to to hit in order to appeal to consumers, mm-hmm. and that's what 
started this tide of change where suddenly average people were going out and buying smartphones, not just executives or super geeky tech lovers. Same thing with the iPad. Before the iPad came out, nobody bought a tablet unless they were in a very specific field or again, they were an early adopter. Mm-hmm. You know, just tablets, just, that was one of those form factors that no one had gotten right. And, and a lot of people, including myself, famously, <laughs> at least in the, the history of tech stuff, wrote off tablets. Mm-hmm. Apple comes in, again, shows a very, uh, consumer friendly way of creating a tablet with a beautiful design and a great interface. Uh, so bringing the house down, you know, they had set that, that standard, the iPod Touch was also a big hit. I mean, they, they had done so many things that were uh, really attractive that we kind of got used to Apple bringing down the house with their announcements. And it's become so- something of an expectation. And it's getting increasingly difficult for Apple to live up to that expectation by adding improvements to a previous generation of technology. Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, those were the comments that greeted the uh, the iPhone 3G, 3GS, uh, the iPhone 4S. Um, yeah, the iPhone know. 4 was enough of a dramatic change that I think it kind of it kind of excited people. But the 4S, I remember distinctly when the 4S came out, people, every, people were very dismissive of it. Yeah, they were expecting the iPhone 5. Yeah, and it was more about the changes were more about the insides of the phone than the outside. Right. Um, which, which, you know, are important but are not as sexy as a new form factor that really captures the the eye and imagination of the public. Well, and I think I think it's it's pretty clear to me that the people who argue that um design is just superficial um I think they're, they, that doesn't necessarily prove them wrong, but it, it 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 proves them mostly wrong that you know design does matter to people. Yeah. Um. And uh. But I don't think they're completely wrong either because I think if you had a very beautiful phone that didn't do as much, it's not going to sell as well either. So it was you know the iPhone the original iPhone was that combination of hey this looks nice and uh it it does you know smartphone stuff. Um, for the public. So Jonathan and I were talking about beforehand and uh, said, you know, when, when we were picking topics this week, we didn't want to do an iPhone 5 recap. But so many other people have, have done this, including our colleagues over at Revision 3. Um, they, they did such a great job of covering the release and the, the features and all the, the, the good stuff about the phone that we didn't really want to do an episode specifically devoted to the iPhone 5. Um, but we, you know, this, this was sort of what, what triggered it. And actually, uh, what I noticed beforehand, uh, before it was even launched was, uh, Stephen Shanklin's piece over at CNET, mm-hmm. where he said, you know, look, this is, this is the, the time in smartphones when you're kind of going to expect that there, there's not going to be a lot of groundbreaking new stuff, even from Apple. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Shanklin, the, Shanklin's, uh, article was titled, The Ho-Hum Era of Smartphones Has Begun. And I, yeah, and I think, by and large, he's he's got a point that that we're sort of in the evolutionary era rather than the revolutionary era well, because the iPhone five is is thinner. Yeah, um, it looks a lot like the iPhone four. It's 4S. taller. It's taller. It, it does give you more screen space, and that's one of those things that 
uh, people seem to like about, um, I would say, semi-revolutionary phones like the uh, Samsung uh, uh, Galaxy um, Note. Well, the Galaxy Note, which that is a was the huge one, fablet. Yeah, I still, I still kind of want one of those. Yeah, and the uh, the uh, three, the Galaxy Three, mm. uh, which is kind of want one of those too. A, a pretty darn large size screen. The yeah. iPhone Five has a smaller screen than it does. Um, more pixels, sixteen by nine aspect ratio. Yeah, so it, great for watching movies, but not necessarily for surfing the web. So the the stuff that you're seeing is you know larger or smaller screen sizes. You're seeing uh, more pixels in that screen, more screen elements, if you will. Yeah. Um, more network capability because now the iPhone 5 has LTE. But then, uh, as many people have pointed out, other phones have had LTE for a while. Apple has famously been slow to adopt new wireless technologies mm-hmm. uh, in order to make sure they don't sacrifice the customer experience. Well, so at least that's their story. That's their story. I, and I pretty much I, buy it. Yeah, I pretty I much too. buy that. The idea that, well, we could, but if we incorporate that without first making sure we have the best battery available, then your experience is going to be, this phone was really fast for about an hour, and then I had to plug it in. <laughs> well, yeah, and battery life is another thing that they that that provides an incremental change right. but it you know it could look exactly like last year's phone and have two more hours of of battery life and that's the big news for this year really right. a battery come but see, on but, and again it's not this, exciting this is something that applies to all smartphones across exactly. the board we're exactly. using the iPhone 5 as the example because this was it's it was it's the hot news of the week hot news of the week when we're recording this of course by the time you guys listen to this you'll probably be sick of iPhone 5 news anyway but the idea being that that all phones are having this problem where, exactly where the the incremental improvements aren't quite enough to capture the imagination the way the introduction of the iPhone or the introduction of the first Android phone uh, could, or or even the introduction of the first Windows 8 phone. Yeah. Um, the, these were our events that sort of uh, make a big splash, and then afterward, you know, you can't you can't just keep on radically redesigning your products and expect to build a level of brand recognition and brand loyalty. I mean, every time you redesign something radically, you're losing people. Now, you might be able to gain more people than you lose with that redesign, but it's a it's a risk. Um, it's an interesting problem. I mean, when you think about it, I, I respect Shanklin's point, and, and he's not the only one who wrote about oh, this. No, uh, no, uh, uh, Roger Ching, also of CNET, wrote uh, an article called Ho-Hum, the iPhone 5 isn't going to wow anyone. So it became Ho-Hum yeah. week over at CNET. Uh, I love you guys over there at CNET. Anyway. Yeah, the <laughs> not that CNET is Ho-Hum. No. Uh, <laughs> very nice people who work there and very smart as well. Anyway, he was writing about the general reaction to yeah. the iPhone 5. but. Yeah. It, I would caution people against writing off the smartphone form factor and and feature set as being uh, pretty much all we're going to get from here on out, right? Like, I mean, with incremental improvements added in, stuff that, you know, screen resolution, processor speed, battery life, networking capability, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, maybe NFC Capability. Yeah. Uh, Apple's Apple has not jumped on that train, and and it may very well be that NFC doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Near field communication or NFC is uh, basically like um, it has a little uh, communication device inside 
the phone or, or tablet. Yeah. Actually, the Nexus 7 has NFC in yes. it, does it not? Yes, it um, does. Yeah, and it can be used for uh, – most famously, it's used for financial transactions. So yeah. if you're close enough to a, a reader at the uh, the cash register, you pay with your phone. by Your, your, your credit card information is in your phone or uh, I guess it could be a bank. Information yeah. is in the phone. You you uh, wiggle it uh, within uh, ten inches of a, a reader, and it goes it's actually oh. even closer. I think it's a couple of centimeters, but yeah. yes. But I'm, I'm yeah. I was sorry. You're right. It is it is shorter than that. So it's really near field communication. Yeah. But that that's um, people were speculating before the iPhone five launched. Will this be the time that uh, Apple does this? And actually, they did on on iOS six. They they have a uh, a manager for things like tickets and other. Uh, uh, information right. for events, you know, plane tickets or or uh, event tickets and yeah. things like that, and it's and, uh, and, and it doesn't like loyalty, use NFC to do loyalty that. Loyalty cards for certain things, but yeah, it does yeah. not have NFC built into it. No. And, and NFC can also be used to send communication sure. between devices for things like you're running an app, your friends running the same app, you want to share some experience across that, whether it's a game or music app or whatever. Yeah. Uh, tapping the two business devices card together, information. business card information, a great example. Um, but yeah, the iPhone 5 does not include that, but other phones do include it. And again, these are things that partially I would say the NFC is not as big a deal because you don't see widespread adoption in retail establishments yet. So, and we may never see it, but in other words, the utility of NFC is limited because it does not have wide adoption. Yeah. And and I think the biggest thing I've seen as far as news this week, and again, this is less than a week after the announcement, is uh, the brouhaha over Apple's new connector. Because um, uh, yeah, they abandoned the 30-pin connector. But the connector they have now, you know, one thing that is nice about it? What's that? You can plug it in any way you want. Yeah. Like there's not a there's not a right way and a wrong way to plug it in other than, you know, make sure the plug goes into the port. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it can be plugged in either right side up or upside down because there is no right side up or upside down. But the thing is, uh, people are saying that um, it's not a it's a proprietary connector. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, it's a not, form of USB. Yeah, it's not like mini or micro USB. Right. So people are saying that Apple is arrogant because they're using their own proprietary connector. Of course, micro and mini USB has to be plugged in a certain way. Yes. So and if, also, Apple is nowhere near alone in that. Sony. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> um, this argument and the recent patent uh, arguments, uh, the Samsung whether, Apple stuff, the Samsung Apple stuff, where they were talking about whether or not a Samsung device was easily confused with an Apple device because it did or did not have rounded corners or sharp corners, or you know, these are the, I think these are the kinds of emblematic things that really. Uh, have to do with this. Or they're, they're really the the kinds of things that we're talking about. When we're talking about whether or not there's innovation going on in the smartphones, because in a way, Apple's new connector is innovative because it can be plugged in. Um, you know, you don't have to look at it. You basically right. look at it and see if it goes in the slot or not. Right. Um, it's kind of innovative. It also uh, makes a lot of older uh, peripherals obsolete. Yes. Although there's an adapter for that. Right, but it still doesn't help with like docks. Yeah. Like if you have a an alarm clock dock that's designed yeah. for the. Yeah. Uh, you can't uh, use yeah. the new iPhone with it. Right, because you because by the time you plug the adapter in, it won't fit in the dock anymore. Yeah. So, so this. Not and, that and, I'm saying I have one of those, or that I. Uh, that's the reason why I was late today. Okay. All right. You know, you just had to get here on time. It's all I'm asking. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you're talking about rounded corner versus square corner, or is does it have a bigger or smaller screen size, or uh, you know what what kinds of things would it take at this yeah. point to make a smartphone really revolutionary and go, wow, that is unlike anything else, and I don't care what carrier it is or who makes it or what operating system it. is, I've got to have this. Yeah, thing. see that that and that was Shanklin's point was that we have reached this era where there isn't anything like that. Now I would caution people to that line of thinking because. Every time we think that we've got a handle on how stuff is going to be from here on out, someone, some brilliant, brilliant person out there comes up with a new way of doing something. And next thing we know, we're all like, wow, I never would have imagined it. And now I can't imagine myself without that. Yeah. You know, so there, uh, there's still the chance that someone's going to innovate in the smartphone space in such a way that it really is truly innovative. It's not yeah. just an iterative, iterative, uh, approach to improvement. Um, it just, I don't know what that is. I'm not, I'm not in that, that mind space, right? I can't really think like that. So, but I, I'm not willing to completely write it off. However, I do agree that those opportunities are going to come fewer and far be- and far further between um yeah than the iterative approach and and it makes sense i mean another point that shanklin made was like look at the computer industry mm-hmm. and how once the computer form factor was settled i would argue that it was settled in 1984 when we got to the point of the graphics user interface and the mouse that was essentially where we agreed on the basic form factor of the computer um there wasn't a lot of change until you got to like an all-in-one device where you had the computer and the monitor was all one piece. That's kind of similar to some of the old, old, old computers too, but in a much yeah. in a much nicer form factor, like the iMac version of of that, where it's beautiful and sleek and everything. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Apart from aesthetics... The basic design hasn't changed that much until you get to things like uh, the the new uh, focus on touchscreen interfaces, and that remains to be seen whether or not that actually makes any impact in the computer industry. Apart from the mobile, I mean, in mobile, of course, it's it's all the difference. Yeah. But in desktop computing, it remains to be seen if that actually becomes a, a, an effective feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, that's that's part of the issue, I think, with any kind of technology once you have kind of settled on the form factor once once the early battles have have died down and people are like okay when you say the word smartphone this is the picture i think of because this is how we've all agreed to define what a smartphone is i think by definition most of your improvements from that point forward are just refining that design as opposed to really, really creating something spectacularly different. I mean, not that that can't happen. It's just really rare. And I think that's why the patent battles have been such a big deal anyway is because people are saying, hey, this is, uh, you know, this particular feature is something that we did in the smartphone market and people like our phones because of it. Yeah. And we are going to fight to protect it because that's, that's what we have. That this thing is our thing that sets us apart from everyone else and we're right. going to defend it until we can't defend it any longer. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of things like that in tech. You have a desktop computer. It changes, you know, it used to be beige. Well, now it's black. It used to be, uh, you know, 10 inches wide. Now it's six inches wide or, you know, so and so tall. And then you start getting it used into to weigh 60 pounds. Now it weighs Ooh. 10 pounds. Yeah. I, I, I picked up my Amiga 3000 one day a oh, long wow. time ago. And the case on that thing, I, I'm pretty sure is, well, put it this way. It's metal anyway. Yeah. And I think it's steel and it's much, much heavier than a lot of other desktops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was a computer that was, the physical case on it was beige. The monitor that we bought to use with it was beige. Black is a more popular color now, but, Unless you know, it's basically it's a, it's white yeah, or, or, or yeah, um, aluminum. aluminum, brushed yeah. aluminum. 
And, uh, you know, I, I have a desktop computer now that is my primary computer. I bought it because I wanted a larger screen. There are days when I think, you know what, I'd rather have a laptop just because I could carry it around with me. Yeah. And then I go use a laptop, like, for example, the one the ones we use here for work at, at HowStuffWorks.com. And I go, you know what? I hate this tiny screen. I want a bigger screen. And I, I think it's going to be, you know, there, there are things like the chips, too. You get into the uh, the Intel chips and, you know, the Core i7. And, like, I want the, the faster processor. Well, you know, maybe I'm playing games. And then I get to a point where I'm doing other stuff and I just don't have time for games anymore, you know. I don't really need to upgrade my computer. And I think yeah. that that really is – it gets down to whether the computer or, or, or electronics manufacturers can get us to buy their new thing because it's got that feature, that innovative new feature that no one else has. Um, you know, there, there, there was that time when people really wanted to upgrade to the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3 because – Hey, it supported high def screens and oh my gosh, you know, it's got a faster processor and more power. I can, I can look at the games they're putting out for this thing and they really haven't refreshed those in quite some time because, well, there's not a new TV, um, you know, that, that it has to support. There's not a new, uh, there are just not that many new improvements to the chips and to the things. And you go, you know what, I, I don't need to spend $600 on a new console mm-hmm. or I don't need to spend $2,400 on a new um, desktop sh- machine because the one I'm using now, you know, I've taken care of it. I've backed up the hard drive. I've upgraded the, ma- the memory. I've upgraded the, the uh, uh, graphics card or the sound card. You know, I just don't need to have that next big thing that's you know it, this one works fine that, that's that's kind of the argument i think that supports the reasoning behind companies like sony and microsoft when mm-hmm. they say you know there's no need for us necessarily to come out with a new console you know earlier than 10 years down the line from introducing the last one because uh the the space for innovation is somewhat limited yeah. i mean there's there's you can create better graphics. You can have a faster processor. You can have more memory. You yeah. know all the all the physical specs. You could definitely up those from the previous generation. But uh, you know beyond that, like what what's the wow factor? Because we've all become so used to uh, that just being a natural thing, right? Just the oh well, yeah, it's got better specs. But what else does it have? I need something else beyond it being faster and having more memory. Um, you know that's the same problem that that uh, that Apple and all the other smartphone manufacturers are running up against is yeah. that we've made improvements. This is demonstrably better than the earlier models, at least from a specification point of view. Yeah. And yet people aren't getting excited about it. Um, mostly for for consoles, I would argue the thing that gets people excited aren't isn't necessarily the hardware, but the games. Yeah. So if the games can be more compelling, if people can actually take advantage of whatever that hardware is and create content for it. Then people get excited about the consoles. Uh, so in a way, you could argue that perhaps the next generation of smartphones will be able to handle apps in a way that's different from what they do now. And maybe that becomes the big uh, driver. It's not necessarily the hardware, but the fact that the software designed for that hardware can do stuff that the previous generations couldn't. Yeah. Which brings me to the next piece of hardware that – one of the things that that people have been mentioning is that well maybe maybe the smartphone like getting excited about smartphones maybe that era really is over 
Maybe now we're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Maybe now Apple events won't stop the entire tech world. I don't think that's going to happen. But at least not. I think it'll at least be one more year before that does happen. Uh, but I think uh, really it turns it turns into, well, what technology will be the next thing that gets us all to stop and say, wow. And right now, I, the the I, I hesitate to use the word consensus, but the tone that I'm hearing out in the world right now is that uh, Project Glass is like the next the next thing people know about that could be a big splash, which is of course Google's project to have the glasses with the augmented reality functionality built in. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, you know, I, I was going to say that uh, it sort of goes along with with uh, the tech an- uh, analyst Gartner. Um, you know, they have this this. Uh, forgotten what they call it but it's basically a, a a a table where it shows you know what what it takes before you know when it's still very cutting edge when people are starting to really get uh uh into it it's sort of a hype index i think that's actually what they call it but it, and then it gets into this period where people go yeah whatever but i'm not ready to go out and buy one yet and then it gets to the point where it's a uh, mature product and people buy it as a matter of course um, you know, and it takes some time and, and every tech thing is on its own, um, its own path to that. And some, some never actually get to the point of maturity. Uh, I would say that, that smartphones are, are really kind of the point where they're, you know, a, a mature product Yeah. and there's, you know, Definitely. tablets are, are sort of behind that somewhat in the point where not everyone has one yet. There's so there's still some excitement because they're saying, okay, well, who's going to win the 10 inch uh, the people with the 10 inch screens, like, uh, the iPads right. to this point, you know, people expect that there will be a smaller iPad. Which, um, which well, we'll find out next spring, I yeah, would guess. It didn't happen at the, uh, the September event, uh, which surprised a few people. It didn't surprise me. Yeah. Especially once I saw the pricing for the iPod Touch. Yeah. And the, you know, you, you figure out the pricing for the iPod Touch versus the pricing for the iPad. And you wonder where would they price a seven-inch version of the iPad? Because the iPod Touch is it has three models, right? Yeah, it's got the the uh, was it sixteen gigabyte, thirty-two gigabyte, and sixty-four gigabyte, and mm-hmm. those are one ninety-nine, two ninety-nine, three ninety-nine. Yeah, the base model of the iPad is four ninety-nine. Yeah, so you've got the entire price range from one ninety-nine to four ninety-nine covered. From iPod Touch to iPad. If you were to introduce a seven-inch iPad, presumably it would be less expensive than the ten-inch version. One would think. But would it be more or less expensive than an iPod Touch? And if it were less expensive than an iPod Touch, let's say it's at the two ninety-nine range, which would put it a hundred dollars more than Amazon and Google's tablets, then. Uh, would that cannibalize sales of that level of iPod Touch? Would people going for, well, I could get an iPod Touch 64 gigabyte for 399, or I can get this new 7 inch iPad for 299. See, it just doesn't make sense from a market perspective to me, from a pricing perspective. Yeah. Like I don't, that doesn't mean that they won't do it. I just find it very confusing. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? 
Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think there's still, there's still that sort of excitement around tablets too. I mean, with Google's Nexus 7, um, with the new series of Amazon tablets that were just released, uh-huh. the reader tablet, re- the Kindle Fire, whatever it is. Yeah. Which it is not, that's the, not, the funny not the, thing to me. Not the paper white. Right. The, uh, the, uh, devices that are the Kindle Fire and, uh, and Barnes and Noble's um, Nook tablet. Nook, which became, which started out as a reader and then there was a Nook tablet and, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, in that seven inch range and there's innovation there in that size range. And then, you know, there's still some, well, what, what's, what's going to happen? Are they going to have a, um, a port so that you can plug in a USB stick and all those things? The, that's sort of in the middle of that. And then I would take Project Glass back to that point where, um, where the iPad was at its release because at that point, uh, netbooks were still very popular. Yeah. And people were saying, well, can it really 
stop netbooks in their tracks? Will people stop buying netbooks or notebook computers in favor of a tablet? You know, Microsoft has done tablets. So, you know, maybe not. I think Project Glass was that same kind of thing for Google. Um, well, I'm not sure. People are going to buy a pair of technology-enabled glasses to really look at stuff and get ideas of maps and uh, find out where a coffee shop is. But I don't know. Yeah, my wife is now so other thankful. people are starting to consider it. They say. Yeah, my wife is so thankful I didn't go to the I/O event because it meant that I was not eligible to put in a pre-order for a fifteen hundred dollar pair of developers' glasses. <laughs> Yeah, that price is a bit steep for me. But in in five years, it will probably, if, if assuming that people buy them, the the price will drop and yeah, it will become more common. Uh, yeah, when you said that, you know, thinking about smartphones being a mature technology, technically, I mean, if we think of it from the iPhone era, so the mm-hmm. consumer smartphone, not smartphones in general, yeah, not Blackberries, those have been around for a while. Trios, but you're talking about five years. Yeah. It's been five years since since the iPhone. One came out, which is amazing to think about. Yeah, so it's not mature; it's geriatric. Yeah, because we're in the world of tech. After True. after two and a half years, yeah. you're like, "Come on, you're starting to show your age, buddy." You think Hollywood is harsh? Silicon Valley, buddy, that's where the harsh comes in. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I I think I think generally I agree with Shanklin. I generally believe yeah. that. That the smartphone era is now at a point where I think I think one of the big disappointments people have with Apple right now is that in the early days when the iPhone came out and then the iPhone 2 and then the iPhone 3, uh, it was exciting enough for people to upgrade immediately. And for some people, that meant paying big bucks to get the new version of the phone because they would have entered into a two-year contract and Apple was introducing a new model every year. Yeah. So people would go from their iPhone to an iPhone 2 and pay either to get out of a contract or they'd pay the full retail value of the phone or, or, or at least more than what it would be if they were signing a new contract just to get the new device. And I think now people are feeling like there's less – there's not enough new stuff in the phone to justify that behavior anymore, which to me just says that the rampant – out of control consumerism <laughs> is no longer being uh, uh, pushed and supported from a corporate level, and maybe that's not something we should be mad about. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I have to say, um, but that's that's my point of view, and I know, I'm sure that all of our listeners um, will not necessarily agree with us. But yeah. the, the thing is, though, I mean, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing to to be at this point. Um, you know, because they can concentrate now. I, I'm personally, I've had an Android phone now for a, about a year and a half, um, and it's been upgraded. The operating system has been upgraded once. I've actually Im- appreciated some of those things, and I think uh, the improvements. And I think that seeing the new uh, technologies they add, even when they're incremental technologies, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I can get excited about those little things and, you know, not get so overwhelmed by the whole, ooh, wow, look at this thing that they added. You know, looking at both Google and Apple have been upgrading their maps, apps. Okay, they're not new, but they're better than they were. Hey, Apple's got turn by turn now. Yeah. I mean, these, these little things though, I mean, they're not, uh, they're, they're things that improve their devices overall and there may not be 
something to uh, ju- to jump up and down about necessarily, but if they improve our, our everyday lives and when you look forward to the next operating system release because it brings a bunch of these changes at one time, I don't think that's n- that bad to be excited about, even if it's less excitement than the overall uh, um, jumping up and down of the original device. And there are very few devices, even when they first come out, that I have to wait in line for because I'm just not that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I, I like I like the fact that I can buy a phone and not feel in a year that I need to get rid of the one I have while I still have another year on my contract. Yes, I you agree know? with that too. And of course, for, for everyone who's outside of the United States who doesn't have this whole contract-supported phone model, this is a discussion that doesn't really apply to you. Yeah. Because you know, you, you might be used to buying a phone at full price and then uh, just using it with whatever service happens to support it. Yeah. Uh, for those of us in the United States, we're more we're more um, used to either going no contract prepaid, more and more people are doing that, or doing a you know two year contract and a subsidized phone. Yeah, and I don't think anybody who uh, waits in line uh, for you know an, o- an overnight release of a brand new product or uh, somebody who buys something new in a year because they want to, I don't think that's silly necessarily. But different things um, appeal to different people, and that different strokes yeah. for different folks. So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not making fun of anyone in, in that case. It's just right. a uh, a situation, though. I think we're going to see it less in the smartphone world now because they've reached a a a point where there's a certain expectation of size, there's a certain expectation of function, and you know, there are there are improvements in in communications technologies mm-hmm. and in the software that powers them. But I, I think uh, you might see trends develop. You know, oh well, every year we've decided that uh, well this year glass is the thing, and uh, well this year uh, brushed aluminum is the thing. Kind of reminds me of when we went to CES the same the year that both of us went at the same time and. Um, color was one of the big things in uh, in television that year. HDTVs. Yeah. No more black and white. <laughs> no, like the, the colors of the sets themselves. Oh, oh right, right, right. And right. the thicknesses of the devices. And I was thinking, well, is the resolution any different? Like, no, no, it's 1080p. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, how how was the the as functionality went that year? It was also about uh, power conservation. Right. You know. Uh, or the big, the big thing was plasma versus LCD. And it was, you know, it's okay. All right. But it's not, neither of those was the, the big, there was no big breakthrough in technology. Right. It was a, it was a fashion thing. And I think, I think smartphones are really at that point. So if I can sum up what Chris just said, I think, um, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right oh, for you gosh. may not be right for some. And so, guys, uh, that wraps up this discussion about the the general ennui that has seeped into the tech world as as it goes to uh, smartphones. We'll all just have a dramatic sigh and sip our expensive, fancy frou-frou coffee drinks and, and, and make make comments about the industry in general. If you guys have any suggestions for topics we should tackle in future episodes of Tech Stuff, let us know by sending us an email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 
See, guys, I told you we'd talk to you again really soon. That really soon is right now. I'm just reminding you that we have our photo upload widget live on the site at www.howstuffworks.com slash upgrade your tech. Toyota is giving us the chance to let you share your creativity. So send us those pictures of your modifications, your tech ideas, those gadgets that you've created, all those hacks. If you're steampunking everything in sight, put on your goggles and show that to us. We can't wait to see them. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office... With SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.